0: hey everyone welcome back and welcome to episode two of season four of whiskey queens this week we're still talking about japanese whiskey paul's going to be covering drunk history and i'm going to be talking about nabushi japanese whiskey don't forget if you like what you're hearing be sure to check us out at whiskeyqueens.com, at the whiskey queens on instagram and be sure to give us a five-star review on apple podcasts thanks and here's the show Did that work?
1: I think so. Hey, girl. Hello.
0: How are you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, it's Monday. We're here. We're drinking. Um, it's Wednesday when y'all are listening to this, or maybe later. So hopefully you're all well, too. Um, but yeah, I'm here. I'm alive. I'm good.
1: I, yes. And, and, and we did a twisty twist uh, cap this time because uh, both uh, Japanese whiskeys that Nick
0: and I are currently uh, ingesting do not have a cork. They have a screw cap. No, that seems to be the running theme so far from the bottles I've seen, as most of them appear to have uh, screw caps versus. Very similar corks. to Ireland when we went through our Irish phase, and yep. we were like, "These are all screw caps; we can't yep. pop." Slain, Jameson, both screw caps. Um, there's a few out there with corks, but yeah, they have a lot of screw caps as well. Yeah. Uh, God, so what? What brings you here this week? Uh, why, why are you drinking? What brings me here is it's
1: my podcast and I (laughs) have to be here. You all get to choose to listen and I greatly appreciate that. Uh, Why am I drinking, you ask me? Well, I will tell you one, because I like to drink and I say that every episode it is a requirement for me to repeat that to everyone so it gets beaten into their brains. Mm -hmm. And two, I never put a two, as you know, on our notes, so I just sort of wing my twos. Um, my second, I think would be, it's a Monday for me. Oh no, I hate saying that because, you know, it puts a time <laughs> stamp on the episode in a way I don't want to do. But anyway, it's the beginning of the work week and it's always sort of like, why is the weekend so short? Why can't it be longer? And that's just
0: sort of where, where I, I am. How about you? I agree. I do love that you have been going through the effort of putting in a number two, followed by uh, ellipses for the last couple of episode scripts. So like, I see that the effort is there. Like, I know you're trying to come up with a number two and I appreciate that. Yeah, Um, and you know, if if I ever have like a moment of epiphany, I'll have one, but today I was like, Um, yeah, I don't have a lot going on. It's technically a Monday. I know we're we're timestamping, like you said, but it, it's a Monday, and yeah, I did do a side gig for a nonprofit this weekend, and that was really fun. Um, I helped out this little nonprofit down in New Jersey that needed some work done on their CRM. Um, so that was my fun little do gooder moment this weekend, where I felt very helpful and very productive. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, I do have one more thing, and
1: I don't mm-hmm. think I've told
0: you this. So I'm actually really excited because going You're into pregnant? This- no, no. No. Just kidding. Just kidding, everybody. No. it's one's pregnant. Um, but I have a friend visiting that you know who's flying in this Sunday. Who? She She's a supporter of the pod. By the way, if people aren't a supporter and they're listening, feel free to hit up whiskeyqueens.com and support our habits. I should probably know who the supporters of the pod are. Yeah. <laughs> she's she's a supporter of the pod who lives on this beautiful tropical island (gasps) shut up i know who it is and i'm Uh so jealous Ms. beth is coming to visit me for like 36 hours because she's going to be in this area
1: oh i love her tell her i love her Mm -hmm. beth i love you because i know you listen to the podcast so i'm saying it verbally
0: she does but you know because you hear it so there's that so there's that so yeah i'm also very excited for that so like even though today's a monday i'm pushing through to the end of the week because it's going to be a good weekend So yeah, yay. Yeah, Uh, so today we continue our journey with Japanese whiskey. So I do have something new that I'm drinking, which is a bottle of the Nabushi, which I'm very excited to tell you about. But since I'm drinking the whiskey this week, what are you drinking while you're talking about history? Well, let me tell you,
1: (laughs) I was drinking a cocktail that I made. I say was, I am drinking, first of all. But what I made, um, this go around was sort of a, a take on a highball cocktail with the Centauri whiskey toki that I featured in um, episode one of season four. Mm-hmm. And what I did for this cocktail, I didn't follow a recipe. I just put a little um, honey in the bottom of the glass, fresh squeezed lemon juice, mixed that up, added the whiskey, mixed it up to dissolve the honey added some ice, added some soda water. And that's what I was drinking. And I brought with me to my little desk area, the bottle of Centauri Toki, because I was like, you know, the show's gonna go, we're gonna have to ask some more. And as Nick and I were doing the pre-show, I was adding a little whiskey, but I had like a, a, a mental moment where my brain didn't process that what I was pouring into my glass was whiskey. And I like my brain was like, it's soda water, just add it girl, it's so light in color. Oh, and God. I just kept pouring, and even Nick's on my face and was like, what'd you do? And I was like, girl, I just poured like half a fucking bottle of Centauri Whiskey Toki into my glass, not even realizing I was doing it. It is a so, high, high ball. that being said, I did not anticipate this to be a drunk history,
0: but it'll be pretty buzzed. <laughs> Here we are. Here we are. Uh, so with that, Japanese whiskey history part two. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, let me, let me take a sip before. we yeah, get high started. High. Your high, high, high ball. I thought you say my hop. No girl. The
0: oh God. Continue.
1: Okay. Oh, woo. God. Sorry. It is so. This, as we discussed last week, it's a light whiskey, but I think I poured a lot in that glass, so I apologize in advance, <laughs> uh, particularly around pronunciations. Mm-hmm. But what Nicholas covered, he you know Nicholas covered the start of the Japanese history. Uh, last episode, and he talked about all the fun things about Commodore Matthew Perry, and about, he he dipped his toe in uh, Shinjuru Tori, and then I sort of picked it up from there and ran with it because he was the founder of Suntory Whiskey, and so we talked about that. But really, as we sort of outlined last time, the founding of Japanese whiskey is really a tale of two men who both are sort of in some form or fashion, the founding fathers of Japanese whiskey. Yes. Last episode, we talked about Shinjuro Tori, who was the founder of Centauri Whiskey, which was the first house of whiskey in Japan. And they became the first house and pro- producer of whiskey in Japan with the construction of the Yamazaki distillery located on the outskirts of Kyoto in 1923, right? Yep. Today, I wanna talk a little bit more about the other, other figure who is like, who is also known as the father of Japanese whiskey and that is Masataki Takatsuru. Good job. Oh, yeah, well. That was me. impressive. Bless me, girl. Um, he was born in 1894. I read the numbers right this time. Uh, he trained in biology and chemistry and graduated high school with a certificate in fermented food production. Uh, you know, I, I would love, you know what we need to do? Not for this podcast, but what I need to do personally is sort of learn more about Japanese education system, because I think it's so interesting that um, he had a certificate in fermented food production from high school. And we're
0: over here like, but can you read? Um, and another person with like bio and chem in their background who became a distiller, like right? another That's running a, theme. It's, it's a pretty uh, substantial
1: theme across the board. But, you know, as Nick covered in the last episode around World War One, so we're talking like 1918, to be precise, uh, Takatsuru was working together with his friend and mentor. Ah, fuck, I knew I forgot to look up how to say shit. Um, Kishiro Aiwa, Aiway, I don't know, at a small beverage company called, shit, shit,
0: called shit.
1: No, sweet baby Jesus. Try Uh, again,
0: try again. Shetsu Shuzu.
1: Yeah, Shetsu Suzu. No, I said that all fucked up. Listen to Nick's pronunciation on that. I'm like beat red with embarrassment at the moment because all I did was say shit like 12 times in a row. Anyway, at this lovely establishment, both men had a passion for whiskey and were also part of the first generation to receive a Western education. And they were interested in technology of scotch whiskey making. So Takatsuru, because of his background, as we have discussed earlier in like biology and chemistry and, you know, fermented food production, uh, it made a logical choice for him to go learn and represent the company abroad and learn how to make scotch making, you know, learn how to make scotch firsthand. And so uh, the partners at Shetsu Shuzu put up the money to send him to Apprentice in Scotland. So once in Scotland, Takatsuru enro- enrolled at the University of Glasgow, where he took chemistry courses, and then apprenticed at three Scotch distilleries. He's gaining the knowledge, okay? Gaining the knowledge. While there, he also met, fell in love with, and married his wife, Rita. I don't oh, know Rita. why I said that with such uh,
0: Emphasis, not, but I did. Emphasis on the wrong syllable. Exactly. Um, uh, I'm glad you got that. I did. I did. Rita, not a Scottish name that I would have pulled out of a hat.
1: No, her name is actually like that's what she went by. I can't remember what her full name was. I'll to look that later on. They called her Rita everywhere, so I call her Rita too. Okay. In 1920, Takatsuru returned from Japan with Rita. And to find out that the company that sent him over there uh, had ultimately imba- abandoned their plans to produce Japanese whiskey. And you're like, wah, wah. And that's a result of sort of the, re- the recessions that occurred in Japan after World War I. Okay. And it's like, oh man, you learn all this shit, now what? Figure it out, sorry, man. Meanwhile, this brings us back to last week's history with Shinjuru Tori. Because as you remember from last week, because I know you're all avid listeners, um, Tori started his own sort of company. He was selling Akadama sweet wine not street wine I street that wine oh. i was like that was my i'm gonna be real with you that was my favorite moment from last week's episode because <laughs> i was like i listened back to the episode while we were you know doing the production and i was like what the fuck street wine girl you are a mess fucking street wine i love it. i know and now i want to make street wine i don't know why but it sounds fun it's just a road soda that's all it is oh that makes sense but anyway Tori at the time was like, I wanna make me some whiskey up in here and was actually messaging back and forth, corresponding with a professor at the University of Glasgow because he was in search of someone knowledgeable about whiskey um, and looking for a consultant who could help him launch the first distillery in Japan. And it just so happened that this professor, uh, one of his students was Takatsuru. And so he was like, hey girl, hey what? I know you want a Scotch, uh, you know, a consultant here from Scotland, but guess what, girl? We got someone trained up in your country, okay? And so he he basically was like, oh my God, Takatsuri is there. You should reach out to him. And so that happened. And Tori ended up offering uh, Takatsuri a 10-year contract at the same salary he would have paid a Scottish consultant. So I imagine that's a little above, oh, wow. you know, what... Uh, he probably would have made had he not come in at that level. And together the men agreed to complete their shared vision of making whiskey in Japan, right? Now, they started a partnership and it's like, hey yo, hey yo, what, we're gonna do this together. They joined a team, they're in the company, they're in what ultimately would be Suntory. And it turns out they sort of had competing visions. Oh no. Surprise, surprise. Shocking twist. So not that, they had competing visions not just on the location of a distillery, right? Takutsuru, who studied in Scotland, was very focused on having a distillery that was s- like located in a similar region in Japan that would mimic the climate of Scotland. That uh, was so like, like, one like
0: one of- Coastal.
1: Yeah, so coastal, like that sort of aspect of it. Whereas Takutsuru, no. Well, I fucked that up already. Tori was more focused on the water source and proximity to transportation in the marketplace. Okay. Um, and so really, the, so that was one part of their competing vision, right? The second part of their competing vision was that Takatsura really wanted to make Scotch whiskey in Japan, something that was full-bodied, rich and smoky. And Tori wanted to make whiskey for the Japanese palate. Something delicate, light, and floral. Ultimately, in the beginning, Takutsuru, uh, who studied in Scotland, uh, won out, leading to Santori's first whiskey expression. Well, let me take a step back for a moment. Takutsuru was brought on board to really help to open the Yamazaki distillery and lead sort of the initial production of whiskey in Japan, right? So Yamazaki was opened in 1923 under the Centauri label, right? So he was brought in to sort of launch that whole initiative. Fast forward, vi- like vision won out and Centauri's first whiskey expression, the shorfudu, shorfuda, oh, messing up language, <laughs> um, was in 1929. Okay. And if you recall from last ep- uh, week's episode, it was, it had the scotch characteristics, smoke, uh, you know, on the smokier side, full bodied, rich, and it didn't do well in the market. And it ultimately led to Tori taking the reins of production and establishing himself as master distiller and blender at Suntory, ah. moving Takatsori over to uh, the brewing division of Suntory. So basically, you know, because of honor and tradition in Japan, Takatsuri stayed with Suntory. Tori honored his initial contract agreement, paying him at this, you know, what would he would have paid a consultant from Scotland um, over the, you know, the 10 year contract he promised. And basically Takatsuri served out the remainder of his contract as the brewmaster and brandy distiller for Suntory. Okay. And it really served to deepen his understanding of the process of distilling. And so in 1934, after his contract ended, he and his wife Rita moved to a small fishing village, Yoshi, on the island of Hokkaido, to build his first distillery, which although inconveniently located uh, had always been the ideal site for him because it, it mimicked the environmental conditions of Scotland, right? Cool climate, crisp air, by the water, and yeah. appropriate humidity. So you're getting all those like Scottish, wet, yeah. salty vibes. And so you're all like, Taketsuru. Whoa! So what you should all know now is that Taketsuru's company and his first distillery would go on to become the founding of Nika Whiskey. The second, uh, you know, Suntory and Nika are the
0: two major houses of whiskey in Japan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I cannot wait to get my hands on a bottle of Nika coffee whiskey. I'm looking forward to buying that bottle. Um, Yeah, that was a great summary. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, I am not drinking Nika coffee whiskey this week, though. I looked at it. I went to the liquor store. I had it in my hand and I was like, "Mm, I feel like I need to do something a little bit different. Um, so my ditty is not gonna be a super long ditty because the bottle I purchased doesn't have a huge long meandering history behind it. It's just kind of a really interesting tasting whiskey. Uh, so like I said earlier, I'm drinking the Nobushi, which is a standard kind of eight, um, 750 milliliter bottle, 40% ABV or 80 proof. It is a Japanese whiskey, obviously. Um, but I ended up getting this for 32 or $33 and okay. picked it up like super easily at a liquor store in Maine. So granted, it was a bigger liquor store. It was kind of like the big New Hampshire state liquor stores that I popped into. Um, so they had a few things to choose from. And this was one of them. And the bottle is actually what caught my eye. Um, but I came across it on an article, which I'll link in show notes, which is the five essential Japanese whiskeys that you need for your home bar.
1: Which I'll tell you what, I, I uh, clicked on that little linky you put in here and
0: I looked at it and I was like, oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yep, so it showed up there. There's, And it was written in 2000, uh, 2020, so not too long ago. Um, it actually says this bottle should retail for 55 so I don't know if something deal. is in the market. Got deal. Or if I a get deal. a deal, I, I'll take my deal. So I get it for 32 or 33
1: But what um, I also loved on that sort of list, sorry to just interrupt you, that's what I do.
0: You're good. I see you clicking around in the document. Uh,
1: what I love about that is that... The Centauri Whiskey tokies on that list and the yep. Nika Coffee Grain Whiskey, which may or may not be what's on the palate for next week. Uh, but also the Habiki, which is what I was debating uh, with yeah. between the Centauri Whiskey Toki and Habiki. but the Habiki was like hundred bucks. And I was like, you know what, not this week, girl. Maybe
0: not this week, yeah. Um, so this article though, it goes on to talk about how this particular whiskey was named after elite warriors from the Japanese uh, feudal era, uh, era, era era sure. Uh, the is supposed to embody the elegance of their fighting style. Uh, so it goes on to say it's supposed to be a really nice sipping whiskey on the younger side, younger profile, newer company, newer whiskey, not aged very long.
1: Can I can I
0: just interject here for a moment?
1: Mm -hmm. What I love about that
0: is their fighting style. And all I can think of in my brain is you'd be like, it tastes like cream soda. So yes. And that's what I, that's what I said earlier. I don't think I said it on the call yet. I think I said it pre-show, but it does does taste and smell kind of like cream soda. Like it has this really light, creamy kind of vanilla smell and taste to it. So the focus is small scale distilling with a respect for tradition as kind of is the running theme in Japanese whiskey, um, focusing on that distinct Japanese whiskey flavor and profile. Uh, so on the website, they actually say that they use simple ingredients, Walt, Mot, ma- Walt, Walt. Water, Walt. Malt, I don't know who Walt is, but Jesus he's Christ. amazing. Water, malt, sometimes grain, and a comfortable lack of hurry that reflects the rural setting and life in our barrel house. So that's a quote from the distiller's website. A lack of hurry. A lack of hurry. Okay. I want to make sure I I heard that correctly. A lack of hurry. So I ended up pulling the tasting notes from Flavier, Flavier, whatever that website is that does the whiskey like sampling kits that you can purchase because I couldn't find a really good strong website initially. I think it's Flavier. Flavier, okay. We'll go with that. Because it's an IAR, right? At the end. Yeah, we'll go with that. Who cares? If someone knows how to pronounce it, just fucking correct me. Um, so I pulled the- Yeah, send us notes, bitches. We, pronu- we
1: have pronunciation problems across the board on this yeah. show. So if you, if oh, you okay. knew how to say something, please send it in and we will gladly correct it in a future episode i mean yep. i did it all the time i did it in season one when i fucking sounded like a, a hick saying oban no i said oban oh my god Oban's, i've, I've like trained my
0: brain so hard uh-huh. on that, uh-huh. that i can't even mispronunciate it anymore yep um totally different sidetrack we went to a digestive class i told you about this last week and we tried Chinar, which is spelled C Y N A R. So everyone pronounces it Sinar, Chinar. Oh my god, that's what I was saying in my head when you sent me the picture. It's Chinar. Chinar. Okay. Fun fact. Um, but like I said, pulled these tasting notes from that particular website because initially I couldn't find the distiller's website, and when I did, it's it's limited. So you can tell that this isn't like. A distillery with a long-running history. It is a blended whiskey that is pulled from smaller distilleries in Japan that is then blended and sold by a larger conglomerate, if you will. And you, you, I,
1: you may have said this earlier. I can't recall because I'm halfway through this glass of like straight Centauri Toki whiskey. But um, this is a recent uh,
0: expression, like 2020, right? Uh, this one, no. So it's barreled for four years this one's barreled for four years okay i mean still relatively recent all right but it's it's younger especially by comparison to other whiskeys out there it is a younger expression so color light amber i totally agree if i will hold this up to the camera for you nice light amber color it's very similar i mean toki is slightly still slightly like yours is like straw yours is so clear that's nice i wish viewers could see this um nose. Oh you should just take it. You should just I put this on Instagram. Don't day. i got you later. Um, Do not. I mean, but, you can. <laughs> so on the nose, you're going to find, um, they say a rum-like aroma, warm caramels, sugar, mint, and wood. To me, I get vanilla and I get mint. Like I absolutely get kind of this menthol thing going on, but it definitely has kind of this like creamy vanilla smell to it. Um, which to me is the same thing as them saying wood. I don't get woody. I get wood as in like charred oak, i.e. vanilla. Um, Flavor, the palate is light with spice cake and orange zest with a hint of vanilla, um, slightly floral. I'm down for most of that. It definitely has kind of like a spice cake, baking spice quality to it, but it is on the lighter side and it definitely has a strong vanilla note in the back of it. Um, The finish they say is quick with a bit of heat. I agree there's a little bit of heat. I don't agree with quick. This to me has like a medium finish to it. Like I can still feel a little bit of warmth on my tongue and I finished probably 30 seconds ago.
1: And you're drinking straight up now. Tell me, do you really want to love me forever? Yep. I'm
0: drinking it straight up in a Glencairn. All right. That was, oh my God. I can't believe I just pulled out Paula Abdul on this podcast. Wow. Wow. Oh my God. So much happening. So much happening in a short episode. Um, I know,
1: it's one of those things where I was like, girl, this I I knew this was going to turn into a mess as soon as I (laughs) was pouring Toki and my brain didn't recognize it was Toki instead of soda soda. water. And I was like,
0: oh, fuck. This is going to be a shit show in a way I didn't anticipate. That's okay. I'll put a button on it for you. Like I said, aged four years in American oak barrels. Um, I really like the bottle. If I'm being honest, it's like 90% of the reason why I bought it. Um, so it's a, it's a really rounded bottle with kind of like a domed arch top and a screw cap. And it has this really cool woodblock themed print on the front mm-hmm. for the label. So it's a really pretty bottle. We'll put, we'll put a little diddy on Instone about it. Yeah, um, definitely in my opinion, a summer whiskey, which seems to be kind of the running theme for Japanese whiskies. on the side. I mean, I think, side. I think, you know, going back to sort of, sorry to interject again, but going back to the history that
1: we sort of talked about, it goes to uh, Shinjuru Tori's sort of mission of like creating a whiskey that was yeah. designed for the Japanese palette, light, floral, yep. that sort of thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I would say uh, earlier it mentions orange zest. To me, it's almost more like orange flower. Like it does have this like really light, cause to me, orange zest is strong. Whereas orange flower is a little bit lighter, a little bit more delicate. And that's where I think this kind of is. It's a little spicy, a little bit vanilla, a little bit orange, okay. um, but a good summer whiskey. It's owned by Fraternity Spirits. Uh, they were founded in 1994 to develop, market, and distribute Mexican spirits. So, specifically, Mezcal, tequila, rums, and gins. Interesting. Uh, they, yeah, they expanded internationally and partnered with distilleries from all over. So now it includes whiskeys, vodkas, and a few liqueurs. So, um, they like a, a baby corporate overlord? They're a baby corporate overlord. Uh, a couple of the brands you might know, I'll link the corporate website in the show notes. So, you might know a few of the brands. Um, but they also create a Japanese whiskey by the name of Kensai, and that it's only a three-year um, aged whiskey in American oak barrels. So
1: interesting that it's also American oak, right? Because yep. one of the things I think that, maybe we can touch on this next week because I'm, you know, not in the, the space at the moment to sort of, but um, making shit up. Yeah, making shit up. That's what I do on this podcast regularly. So, um no, is that one of the unique things about Japanese whiskey too is that it's aged in ooh, some tree that I can't remember
0: that's in Japan, um, but yeah. Okay, we'll follow that point up. Um, but both of these, American oak, which I think lends itself to kind of this Scottish style. Like they're, they're buying barrels from the US that have already been used, so they're not quite as strong. You're not getting those big, bold, woody, vanilla bourbon-esque flavors you're getting something more delicate because the barrel's already been used once um but it's a really for 32 or 33 bucks if that's the price point you can get it for locally i would highly recommend this whiskey it is a solid choice to have in your bar Um, all right i would say this ranks above some of the or the high 20 low 30 american bottles we were tasting a couple of seasons ago yeah like i would buy this over woodford I would buy, and that's a more expensive bottle. Um, I would buy this over kind of the rise we were doing. I would definitely buy it over 10 cup. I would definitely buy it over uh, that other one I can't think of right now, Lord help me. I would buy it over Redemption. It's a solid choice for 30 something bucks. All right, I'll have to see if I can get me a bottle. Yeah, I'm a big fan. But that's that's my short ditty on Nabushi whiskey. It is and really we good. And we loved your ditty. Thanks, I appreciate that. We did. Um, and then next week, you're drinking something, and I'm talking mm-hmm. about something TBD. I know I'm
1: drinking something. You're talking about something. It's all about something. It's it's
0: about something um, really good.
1: We'll figure it out. I'm I'm really sort of as I was telling Nick in sort of the pre-show, I'm thinking that it should probably be something from Nika because we talked about Centauri. Nick talked about sort of a a smaller offshoot Japanese yeah, yeah. label. And Nika is sort of the other like main powerhouse in, in Japan and a well-known. And so I feel like that's probably where I'm going to go. I don't know what expression I ultimately will choose from Nika, but
0: I think it's going to be Nika. Okay. I'm excited. I might even buy myself another bottle. So yeah. It's been you good. know I'm all for that. Bye girl.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Spend all that money. Girl. Oh, I get it. But also don't drink it all before I get there. <laughs> Ah,
0: don't don't you worry so i'll sign so off much on whiskey note. on my bar cart can i uh-huh, just tell you uh-huh i'll 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 leave everyone with this i will post a bottle photo for this particular bottle so everyone can see what it looks like so they can go find it at their local liquor store i will also post a photo of what my bar looks like now between the amaris the digestifs and the whiskeys that currently exist in my oh, bar goodness. because it is it is a little so horrifying. What I love about this,
1: too, is that your husband is a wine drinker. Mm -hmm. So I can only imagine he looks at this
0: bar and be like, bitch, please. Yep. And during the week... Where's my, like, cellar of wine? (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. During the week, I'm mostly a wine drinker because I can usually have two glasses of wine to supplement my work week on a weeknight and be fine in the morning. I can't have six or seven ounces of, yeah, I can't have two glasses of whiskey at night and then go to work in the morning and be completely clear. This
1: goes to the point that I raised with you in a previous conversation, which is I need to, I think I need to spend, and maybe you, I don't know, a little more time researching whiskey-based cocktails for the variety of bottles I have on my bar because I have Japanese and Scotch and Irish whiskey and American whiskey. Like I have this whole conglomerate of whiskey and I think I need to sort of think about cocktails I can sort of do an experiment with to, u- to utilize the thir- four- 13,
0: 14, I don't even know, 15 models. A million bottles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I sent you one. I sent you one this week. So we'll have to share that. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, so we'll share that as well. So we have plenty of Instagram shit coming your way this week, guys. Yeah, also, can you, can you, my God, I'm like a a directing bitch over here. Yes, boss. Yes, boss. Can can, can you also post a picture of the bottle of Suntory Toki whiskey, please? Whiskey Toki. You go ahead and drop that in our folder and I'll get it. Actually,
1: I'll do it because I feel like a (laughs) dickhole
0: telling you to
1: do it. I already also dropped it in our fucking shared, uh, oh. Well, then that's photo folder so whoops sorry the social um, media person was out on vacation this week well she needs to get back on her shit sorry um i also need to be better about actually you know contributing to the social medias in a more i did it for a hot minute when i was doing my drunk um insta stories i'm good at the drunk insta stories i'm terrible at the, the straight up regular posts you did you did do
0: very well with the insta and i'm
1: stories. overdue for a drunk insta story so i'll think about a time and a place for that.
0: Ruminate on that. Um, but uh, she, she's on a schedule today, so we're gonna leave you with that, kids. It's, uh, it's been good. You know what?
1: What? It's been great. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye.